Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Josh, and this is the GooCast. I'm joined today by my first guest, Chris, a fellow Marine, fellow artilleryman, and dear friend of mine for almost a decade. We met in the early days of our service and quickly became friends, sharing many experiences, deployments, and drunken nights despite us being in different jobs and completely different units. Chris is currently working as a groundman and wants to weigh in on the current state of concealed carry here in California, as well as principles of leadership, both within the military and outside of it. So without further ado, here's episode one of the QCast. Enjoy the show. Gain. Bring it down a little bit. There we go. Check, check. One, two, three. Okay, good. I just got to kind of stay away from the microphone a little bit. All right. So <laughs> anyways, second round two, second time. You were saying uh, <laughs> I vaping I and smoking? Smoked. Yeah, dude. I, I haven't really smoked a cigarette. I haven't bought a pack at least since December, and I haven't smoked mm-hmm. an actual cigarette since, like, probably January or February. Gee, hey, well, yeah. we all have our vices. Good job for, you know, taking one one vice out of your life and replacing <laughs> it with another. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm getting, like, I'm trying to get away, like, lower the nicotine levels and, like, do the whole, like, I'm mm-hmm. going to taper off thing. Because I don't do even you... fully enjoy vaping, but... Yeah, do you feel that that works coming from somebody who is vaping and actually does that do you feel that that actually works or coming from someone who's been smoking for almost 10 years i think it does i mean everybody's different Mm -hmm. you know everybody deals with their addictions differently as you know i drank a lot and then stopped and I think, yeah, I think it works for some people. Some people it doesn't. You know, some people have that nicotine need a little bit more than others. Yep. Um, I don't know. For me, it works. Like, I threw a dip in, like, the other day and dipped for, like, <laughs> 20 minutes while I was at work. That is something I haven't done in a very long time either. I, I mean, you know, Consi- I smoked, smoked just as much as you did. We did it together, you know. Uh, yeah. And... I, I never really like dipping, but mm. I, man, every now and then, if you ain't got smokes, you just pop, put a lip in, and you're 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 on your way, man. Like, but well, I considering I was halfway so through a thirty-two, considering I was halfway through a thirty-two hour shift and needed something to stay awake and with nicotine, like after I threw it in, I was like, <laughs> oh, this sucks. But then I was like, ah, oh, whatever. Like I, I got over it, and I don't have like a, yeah, like I'm like I'm not, I'm not feeding for dip. You know, it was what it was, but, you know, it's just, I recognize that it's probably something that I should stop doing, smoking yep. all around, whether it's vaping or cigarettes or dip, but, you know, I think it's, it's slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, to get things started off, I mean, I guess I could throw an intro in here. Hi, this is Josh. Welcome to the KooCast. I'm here with my friend, Chris. Cristobal. The one and only. The one and only. No, I, for real though, you're my like the only friend of mine who's named Chris, as in C R I S, or <laughs> Cristobal. <laughs> it's not. It's not a very common thing, and because my name is Cristobal, I'm actually. Oh, the... you say it so much better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the third one in my family. My grandfather's name is Cristobal. I have an uncle, and then there's me, mm-hmm. and my uncle. Um, he goes by Toval or Chris, but he spells Chris, D-H-R-I-S. Oh. 
Okay. And I, at a very young age, realized that not a lot of people can say Cristobal, and a lot of mean jokes can come out of it, so I went oh, with course. Chris. And it never made oh, sense to throw the H Chris? in there. No, it's yeah. Cristobal. Oh, it's it's what? Crystal, crystal balls. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good... Why didn't I think of that one? That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, kids are mean, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, right. ruthless. But, ruthless yeah, it never, it never made sense to throw the H in there, so I just went with C-R-I-S. That's how it's been. Well, I just learned something something new about you, just despite <laughs> our, what, nine, ten-year ten year friendship? Yeah. I, I think. Since 2013. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, we're almost at our 10-year our ten anniversary, dude. I'm going to have to buy something. <laughs> <laughs> to buy be fair, I should, have been, I should have been buying something for you for the past nine years. But... <laughs> <laughs> but I think I have to get you, like, crystal for the second year or something. Like, lace is, like, the fifth year. So, I heard. I, I just recently, a few months ago, heard about that, where, like, each yeah. year or each March has something. I never knew about that. <laughs> that's funny and you're the married one but yeah i, I forgot where i even saw, i think i saw it on a show mm-hmm. or it was somewhere and i was like what the fuck are they doing and yeah my wife was like yeah it's a thing i'm like oh i never knew that oops <laughs> my hey, can i can i take a rain check on me <laughs> having to give you all this stuff no yes okay well whatever <laughs> when we hit the 10 year mark i'll just give it to you in one lump <laughs> There we go. <laughs> just one collective, like just. There you go. Love you, babe. It's funny. All right, so, uh, we are both here for the. Uh, this is just me kind of talking to the audience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we've got a few things that we want to talk about. We're gonna kind of experiment with how these guest episodes of this podcast will go. Uh, and so Chris has with him a few subjects that he wants to go over and he's basically going to be more or less running the show with me basically being the peanut gallery <laughs> and providing more more humor on top of the humor that he already kind of contributes. Kind of. Yeah, I threw, I threw kind of out there. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> so... You told me before we started that we were, you wanted to talk about three things, and those three things were, um, of course, this is a gun podcast, so we got to talk about guns, and you really wanted to talk about concealed carry, so uh, yes. you want to kind of fill me in on what you're wanting to talk about with that. So, I mean, I'm by no stretch of the imagination anywhere like an expert or even well-read for the most part. I just have opinions mm-hmm. of... I just have layman opinions of concealed carry, and I was actually talking with a coworker yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. He was talking about how his nephew is super like pro to a gun bro, like fuck everybody. If you don't agree with me, fuck you. You're stupid. And mm-hmm. you know, I just I, I had some thoughts because I've I've, I've interacted with many people who have a concealed carry permit. Um, and it seems to me that a lot of them are very proud of that, which, okay, good on you. 
you went through the process, you went to the sheriff's department, went through the process, went through whatever little class you had to go through to get your concealed carry permit. Cool. Got it. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, if you have a concealed carry permit and you're carrying and it's concealed, it's concealed for a reason. It's concealed because you don't want people to know that you have it. So why do you talk about it? Why do you publicly <laughs> talk about it? Um, I've, I've had a coworker at one point. Um, we were in, in the truck together and he was talking, he was a Marine and he was talking about, you know, how he had his concealed carry. He carries all the time, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, in my mind, I was like, all right, cool, dude, you carry. Like, I got nothing against it. It's good on you. You know, if, I probably would too. Uh, but in, in my mind, I didn't think that he meant, like, legitimately, literally, he always carries. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was probably my second day working with him. And he was talking about his gun. And he pulls it out. We're in the truck. He pulls it out. And he's like, oh, shit. That totally <laughs> defeats the purpose of me concealed carrying and having it concealed. <laughs> and like, I look right at- next to your coworker. <laughs> and I kind of laughed and I was like, oh, ha, ha, like, cool. Like, I, I wasn't scared. I wasn't frightened. Like, whatever. It's a gun. Like, yeah. having been in the military, we've been around guns a lot. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not afraid of it. But in my mind, I'm like, you're kind of a dumbass, dude, because. Obviously, I don't if, care. He knows now, I don't care. Let me just ask this really quick. Was yeah. he aware that you were also in the military? He was. Okay. Because I was going to say, like, had that been any anyone else, do you think he still would have done that? I... I think there is a potential that he probably would have if he felt yep. comfortable enough. <clears throat> which kind of you know i have i have very contradictory and complicated views on many things of course um so you know you're for yourself if if you were caring and you showed me while we were in a car or whatever i wouldn't care because we've known each other for going on 10 years and it it's, it's not one of those things where you're bragging about it or what it's just you know we talk about it you show me you know it's a new gun check this one out oh okay cool you know Blah blah blah. You yeah, put it away. I think it the last is. time we we went and got breakfast, mm. I was carrying, and yeah. the only reason I said something about it is because you had actually asked. And, you were like, "Are you? You didn't pull you? it out." Yeah, I was you just like, "You didn't yeah. pull it out." You did, it just yeah, and and it was left at that. But we have that familiarity. I think what kind of concerns me is I had known, regardless of having been in the military and in the same branch, mm-hmm. this dude had known me for all of, I think at that point, maybe two days. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm thinking it's like a week? No, no, man, no. Ah, it was, okay. it was like two, three days, three most, you know? And he pulls it out, ah. and I'm like, okay, cool. You, I, I'm glad you feel comfortable enough with me, but come on. And so, there's I mean, a there's time and there's a place. Yeah, and you know yeah. that's that's a, a I mean that's one example. I've, I haven't had anybody else pull out a gun and show me, but you know I have heard other people openly talk about like, oh, I got my concealed carry, and okay, cool, talk about it. But I I feel like people do have a right to have weapons to carry, whether concealed or in the open. But I think where I start to get a little bit, like, iffy 
on that mm-hmm. is when there is literally no training. And and this is one of those things, or not even just no training, but just the kind of person that that person is, which there's really no system to that out people in an intimate way where you can find out, is this dude really like, oh, I'm going to show the world that I'm caring or, or whatever. But, you know, another example is um, that, that, that kind of correlates to my concern is one morning I was driving to work and it's four in the morning and I am stopped on the Ortega Highway, which is a very oh narrow, windy road. And they were yeah. doing road construction. So they closed the road and they were opening it at like 410 or they were supposed to open at four, but they were running late. Either way. Oh, wow. I'm sitting there. And I'm in a, in a rental, and I put the car in park, and my door is unlocked, which I wasn't even fully aware of because it's 4 in the morning. Yeah. And I see a dude walking down the road. And I'm like, okay, cool. This guy's probably going to go talk to the traffic control guy, see how much longer, whatever. So he walks past my car. On his way back, he stops at the big rig in front of me, climbs up on the steps, talks to the guy, gets down, and starts walking towards my car. Mm-hmm. And next thing I know, the door opens. And this dude just sits in the car. And I'm like, oh, I'm a little bit dumbfounded at this point. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm just dumbfounded. Like, in my mind, I'm like, did this dude really just open my door and, like, move my stuff <laughs> on the passenger seat and sit in the car? What and, the f- and this this is a big, this is a big yoke Mexican dude, right? Yeah. And his eyes are wide, and this dude is high as a kite. Oh, and he's my. Just could you like smell it off of him? <laughs> I you could just you could you could tell this dude is tweaking. Yeah. And he's sitting there like breathing through his nostrils really really hard. And I'm like, <laughs> "What's up, man? How's it going?" Yeah. Oh, it's just fucking goddamn it. I was like, "Okay, fucking you good? Games. What's going on?" <laughs> and I'm talking to him, and I'm like. Hey, bud, like, you know, like, this isn't the car you came from, right? He's like, I'm not fucking leaving. I was like, all right, man. Like, I get that. You know, it's a nice car. Chill, chill. But I got to get to work. You know, like, where are you going? He's like, you're going to take me around the corner. I'm like, hey, man, I'm already running late for work. Like, I can't. I wish I could, but I can't take you. He's like, wait, did. So you saw him walking on the side of the road. Did he. Did he come from another vehicle? He did. I, oh, I had kind of noticed it was a, a couple cars. It was either the car behind me or a couple cars back. Okay. Because um, I didn't. I didn't see this dude when I was driving up. So he had oh. to have come from a car. Yeah. So he must have. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, because on the Ortega Highway, again, for people who don't know, the Ortega Highway is this big winding road in Southern California that goes like through the mountains. And it's only two and lanes. Down and, yeah, and it's like it's literally just two lanes. So pulling up on a construction job on the Ortega Highway at four in the morning and having a guy just walking on the road, like he had to have come from a car, but why didn't he go back to his car? Like, right. And it's just weird. This guy kept telling me, he's, I was like, I got to go to work, man. He's like, you're not going to work today. I was like, you know, I think I oh, am, fuck man. I am. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, in my mind... 
you know, I'm, I'm really calm externally, but in my mind, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm obviously, I'm not going to risk my life for a rental car yeah. or a car in general. But I was like, you yeah, know, this dude. Rentals, rental insurance will cover that. So Yeah, and I'm like, you know, this dude, he's he's obviously very agitated. He's high, you know. In my mind, I was like, okay, I got I got a knife in the back. I got a big knife in the back seat. I got my pocket knife, but his reaction time is going to be a lot quicker than what I can to. Oh, of course. Get He's the knife right next to you. Yeah. It, 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 and so like escalating the situation isn't going to help anything. And I was just, I was just talking to him and finally the dude got out of his, got out of the car on his own. I don't know what, what persuaded him to what to, came over him, but he got out. And so when yeah. I got to work, all, all this coming back to my concerns about individuals and, and, and getting their concealed carry. So yep. when I got to work, I was like, I was telling my friends and my coworkers like, bro, I almost died today. And they're like, what oh, the fuck? No, I, know I, I told them the story and it wasn't, it was a handful of them that were like, do you have a gun? I was like, nah, I don't. They're like, this, this is why you need a gun. If he would have gotten in my car, I would have pulled the gun out and put it in his face and said, get the fuck out of my car. And here's the thing. Yeah. So if my wife or family had been with me, I probably would have handled the situation differently. I probably would have been a lot more forceful, and if we had to get down, we'll get down. I'll get my ass beat by this massive dude who outweighs me. I'll get slammed, whatever. But I'm I'm gonna put myself out there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna protect my family. But it's just me. And when these people are like, "Oh, I would have shot him," or "Oh, I would have I would have pulled my gun out." Well, okay, here's the thing: you're in a confined space, escalating the situation with somebody who is already super high, agitated. What is escalating that situation going to do? Let's say I did have a gun. Let's say I did pull yep. it out. I didn't even give him a chance to say nothing. I just popped him. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was I was scared for my safety. He got into my vehicle. I was scared for my. I might I might beat that case, but at that close of a range, I'm gonna either do some life altering damage or I might kill him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a potential. Or let's say yep. I do reach for my gun, but he's quicker than me. Okay, now that's and a scuffle the, to get the gun and get, get control of the gun, and then what if he gets it? Then I die. Yeah, and the other thing you have to remember, think about—not you specifically, but the other thing with this situation that has to be kept in mind is you didn't have a gun, sure, but look how the situation turned out. Yes, yeah. the guy does—is that okay for the guy to still enter your vehicle? Absolutely not. He yeah. shouldn't be doing that. Right, but the the situation handled itself by you not needing to shoot him, mm-hmm. and that's something that I would have told my coworkers is like 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 I get it like having a gun is useful, but the a gun is not the answer all. Right, just like it is just like one type of martial art is not the the end all answer to every single situation. Mm-hmm. Yes, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is great. Yes, most fights go to the ground. Is it the only martial art that somebody needs to know because it's the end all and it's amazing and it's this and that? No. Well, for Hoist Gracie, the same. (laughs) (laughs) But of course, the the fighting doctrine, the gun fighting doctrine, is Mm -hmm. exactly the same. It doesn't change. Yes, it needs to be used for certain situations. But I completely agree with you. There are a lot of people out there that either, A, want guns because they feel that that's the end all solution to every situation that they'll ever be in. Oh well, I got pissed off because of this reason. Oh, I just would have shot the guy, mm-hmm. and that's that 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 is objectively not the answer to everything. Or I felt, but then there's also the people who him. do own guns. Yeah, 
And that, but the other problem is, it's exactly what you're saying. It's there are people who do own guns who have that mindset, and you know what? That doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't help the responsible gun owners. It makes every single responsible gun owner look bad. And so I, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. But that's that's one thing that I harp on all the time is the whole training shit. Like, hey, you should be training. You should be familiar with this. You should practice gun manipulations. But there are still a lot of people, especially in California. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for those of you who don't know, we're both in Southern California. So, <laughs> but and yeah, I, that's, that's something that's very, still very rare to come by. You know, it, it coming across a gun owner is a 50, 50 chance usually in Southern California, but coming across a well-disciplined and well-trained gun owner who has a responsible mindset, mm-hmm. that's rare. So, and, and, you know, I, I I think it's one of those things where I do think, and I think this is where it kind of gets kind of hazy because I think, yeah, you know what? Everybody should be able to carry it. I, I'm i sure the law came about for a specific reason at a specific time. I'm sure that certain events went took place that caused there to be a concealed carry law in California. Yeah. That aside cool you go through the entire procedure but how do you there's there's no way to vet like okay this guy might have gone through the training but has he been Mm -hmm. in stressful situations does he know how to handle a scary or stressful situation and i think that's that's the biggest aspect is you know Mm -hmm. it's definitely something that needs to be worked on in the gun community I, i mean there's a lot of great great companies and great um influencers if i really don't like to use that word but we'll just throw that word out there's a lot of good uh influencers that that do really nail home the need for you need to be trained because you can be trained in how to use a firearm but if you're not trained in how like just as an example so like you could be trained in how to use a glock and cool 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 you're using a glock but if you're not trained in how to like manipulate your weapon under stress, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, right. Now, of course, that's a very, very hard thing to simulate, but there are ways to do it. <clears throat> uh, just like another situation, uh, I, I'm trying to think of the page on Instagram. There's a page on Instagram that their their fighting their gunfighting doctrine is specifically based around like personal protection. Okay. But specifically situations where you are within close proximity and mm. the person, the the assailant or the suspect attacks you first. And okay. that distance is closed. Then what? Like you're going to uh, uh, uh Hold on, give me one sec, dude. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just got out. This meeting will end in 10 minutes. Upgrade now to remove the 40-minute time limit. What the fuck, dude? We have not been talking gonna... for 40 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let me... <laughs> I'm going to keep it recording. Okay. Just to keep it recording, and I'll, I'll edit this in post, but I'm, I'm going to take care of this right now, because this is fucking bullshit, dude. Okay. Had I known... Oh, my God, dude. This fucking pisses me off. Have we really been talking for 40 minutes? Almost, apparently. Like... Oh my god, hey, man! You've got you've got ten minutes left. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, bitch. <laughs> State, <laughs> California. Ugh. 
Hold on. I gotta uncover my... I have my keyboard covered in, uh... <laughs> I have my keyboard covered in, um... A towel because it's so fucking loud. <laughs> it's so <laughs> Company. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> fucking low... Qu- we're low, qual- low quality... Fucking low budget. This shit, dude. Yeah, low budget, dude. All day, every day. Credit card. Continue. Make sure you say the number and the back three Just numbers. Me. Yeah, it's ask. It's asking about employees. I have a thousand employees. <laughs> All right. While you take care of this, I'm gonna go run to the bathroom real quick because I literally yeah just shit time, man. Yeah, you do your thing. One second. Yeah, make it splash. Um, I thought I pushed you. <laughs> <laughs> shit. I'm keeping this in. Fuck that dude. I'm keeping this whole thing in. I'm not editing out shit. Fuck <laughs> it. Oh my god. Oh, that's fucking great. I feel like a dunce. I am I am so glad you're my first guest. <laughs> oh. Oh my there god. god. Alright. <laughs> that's how this one's gonna go. Oh, this will kind of, oh we'll get docs in the future for this for sure. <laughs> Yeah, stand by for that. Twitter. Oh no, Twitter's owned by Elon Musk now. Oh, we're good. We're good, man. We're We're not getting doxxed. We're good. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't use Facebook anymore. So, yeah, I don't. I don't honestly. Like I, I I keep my Facebook and my Instagram just because I have a bunch of pictures on there. Exactly. And my family has a a, a family Facebook page, so I just kind of like. Keep it oh, where you do like family updated. updates and shit like that? Yeah, so they'll post like. So my grandpa just had his ninety fifth birthday or Damn. something like that. Yeah, so they were like, "Oh, we're all getting together, blah blah blah," and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. sweet." So I got to see pictures from that and like a couple of videos, and it's cool to like kind of see where different people are. Yeah, that's good. But I don't. That's great. I haven't posted anything on there on social media in years. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. You just kind of. I let other on. people post and tag me and stuff. <laughs> and you're like, thanks, but I'm not. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, but I kind of just don't even use this anymore. But you know. <laughs> well, it's cool it. to I get those it. pictures because for a long time I wasn't taking like a lot of pictures of things. Mm-hmm. So, like. Dude, I'm the same way, dude. Oh. Some people take like field pictures, and I'm like, oh my god, I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, I honestly, it's like one of my biggest. Oh, hey. We'll get back to that. <laughs> we, we were talking about... Fuck, wait, I don't even know what we were fucking talking about before that stupid prompt came up. Yeah, sorry, oh. ladies and gentlemen. I don't... This is my first time using Zoom, and I didn't know there was a 40-minute limit on the recording, but... Well, let's just segue it, care of now, it so. into the next one, I guess. Wait, what's that? I'm sorry? I said, if you want, we can just segue into instead of, like, circling back around. I mean, yeah, that's completely up to you. I just know, I know we both feel very similarly about concealed carry. And, you know, you've yeah. got people out there. Yeah, see that, that's kind of just so I can chime in my last little piece here on the whole concealed carrying thing. Like yeah, what yeah, you were saying yeah. about it before is a lot of people don't, they own guns, but they don't know how to properly employ them or wait employ deploy use them well we'll use that word (laughs) they don't know how to properly use them they 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 go out and buy a gun because 
And I can think of quite a few people, especially in California, who have done it recently, <clears throat> even though they were not really keen on being gun owners before. And now they own a gun, and they just own one to own one, and now it sits in a drawer somewhere. This is a quote from them, not by me. Mm. Now it just sits in a drawer somewhere, and, oh, well, if this happens, I'll just run to my room and get my gun. Like, there's, there's a <laughs> not lot... Not quite how that works. Yeah, gun ownership, like you, like you mentioned, it's absolutely... It's, it's an absolute right, and I believe it is not the responsibility of other organizations to require and demand that people pay money to exercise a right that I, they already have. That is what I believe in. However, there are time, the way that our society is nowadays, there are people out there that ruin it for everyone else. So that that is the reason why we we have like USPCA is that what it is? Concealed, oh, whatever. All, all those organizations that hand out. They, I'm sorry, they don't hand out. They issue out concealed carry licenses. I can <laughs> understand why they're doing that, and again, it's because we have a very irresponsible uh, society. But if we could get people to be responsible and to be way more knowledgeable about this stuff and actually know how to properly, number one, <clears throat> excuse me, number one, how to properly handle a firearm and use it and manipulate it and reload it and use it under stress, but also have people who know when to use it and when not to use it. it and and that that's the inevitable responsibility of this tool is it, it kind of is a curse. Yes, you are, you have the ability to kind of end the conversation, so to speak. Mm. But it requires judgment. It requires you to be thinking 10 steps ahead of whatever it is you're doing and whatever it is somebody else is doing to figure out whether or not you actually do need to be using this. And like, when I think back to the situation that you just described, you've got you who handled that situation perfectly fine, you know, especially for somebody who is clearly um, under the influence of something or intoxicated he was in an emotional state, was upset. The way you handled that is exactly how people should be handling situations like that, with or without a gun. Right. Especially if, number one, the distance is closed. And number two, it, uh, I can't use, well, the OODA loop, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, in, a, in that situation, you and that person have both completed, whether you realized it or not, have completed an OODA loop. Right. And... The person who is farthest along in the OODA loop has the advantage over the other. Exactly. Well, you neither of you had an advantage. So then what? It just becomes a brawl. And, you, yeah, it just... Very complicated... Um, very complicated situations. Very complicated, right? But a benefit, undoubtedly. It is, it's definitely useful. It's definitely saved people's lives. It is defi definitely a worthy and more adequate substitute for a police response in my opinion so yeah you never really know it it's a it's a tough position to be in so i just to kind of chime in i i thinking about it right now i think i think the burden 
of responsibility, because you had said it, it shouldn't be on any sort of organization or entity to dictate who does or does not carry or have a firearm permit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and you're right. There is no body, no governmental body, no institution, no entity that should dictate. I think the burden of responsibility falls on the individual. However, on impractical or unrealistic that thought may be yeah and it probably is wishful thinking but i do believe that the burden of responsibility falls on the individual to realize hey i do or do not have the capacity to think calmly and and i'm not saying in any way shape or form that you know i'm the calmest dude under pressure but I, i i think that i know myself and it falls on people to know themselves, to to be able mm-hmm. to take a look at themselves and say, hey, is it realistic that I would do X, Y, and Z? And really just have have an unbiased opinion of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I would yeah. actually tack onto that even further. I think it, 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 the burden of responsibility mainly falls on you, but if you, again, in my ideal society in my head, when I think about it, under normal circumstances per the founding of this nation and the ability to use firearms the burden of responsibility always fell on the person who owned the gun but the burden of responsibility even goes beyond that the burden of influence i would say eh, do i want to put it that way burden of yeah I, i so i guess the burden of responsibility and the burden of influence and yeah, I, I would say that those two things extend past the shooter himself. And it also extends to his direct environment and the society that he's in. So, for instance, in a society where everyone is strapped, do you <clears throat> think that guy would have entered your vehicle? Mm, maybe, maybe not. You can't maybe. really tell. Again... I think due to him very being, complicated. I think because but, he was high, he would. I, I think because he was high, he would have. I, I think that. True. I, I, I think if it was just some random dude that was like, on the street, trying to carjack me or whatever, like I, I, I think car a, a carjacking would be a better example of like, yeah, if everybody's strapped, do you think a carjacking is going to go down? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. And the only reason why is because. Sure, that guy has a gun, and he's a bad guy with a gun, but he has to realize that he's surrounded by... He, he is quite literally outgunned and outnumbered mm. by a a uh, populace that is armed, and with that, hopefully more responsible with judging these kind of situations. Not just, oh man, something bad's going on, I need to pull my gun out and that that's the, the the master key to every situation like i don't know i i feel like yeah because when i talk to people about like because again i'm a second amendment absolutist i i very much believe that yeah any anyone should be able to own a means of number one defending themselves but also defending property or defending each other or and that encourages community it encourages like knowing your neighbors and stuff like that but then i always get the whole well if you're an absolutist about it then that means bad people can have guns too and you know what (laughs) you're right i never said i didn't want quote-unquote bad people to own guns again realistically 
realistically, regardless of any law, mm-hmm. bad people will always find a way. Exactly. If you look at if, if you look at Britain, Britain outlawed guns, uh, however many years ago. But look at the amount of stabbings that occur there. Oh yeah. Like yeah. no matter what, you can look remember, at. Remember, remember that dude a few years back in Japan who stabbed all the people in that school. Oh yeah. I think he stabbed yeah, yeah. like twenty fucking people, and I'm like. <laughs> It, it's what? gonna happen. It's God, gonna, are you kidding me? In California, they have all these gun laws. That's fine. I guarantee you. I'm like ninety percent positive. I know a couple dudes that if I wanted a gun, I could be like, "Yo, man, hook it up. I need a burner," mm-hmm. and I can I can get one off the street. You can. Obviously, you gotta know the people, but it, it, the laws are only. I don't want to say that laws are restrictive to good law-abiding citizens but in a sense they are in a sense because they absolutely regardless are. regardless of what law there is those who intend to do evil will find a way and yeah. will it's kind of like dealing with now i again i per my last episode the whole disclaimer shit like i <laughs> i am in no way saying this from the basis of being a medical professional but one of the things that i was always told by certain professionals was that it, you have to think of it like a suicide a su- uh, someone who wants to commit suicide listen mm. suicide sucks it's bad you're leaving a hole you're, you're ending your life and leaving a giant hole in the the lives of everyone that you're surrounded by whether you think about it or not however somebody who wants to commit suicide will do it it doesn't matter how 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 much you talk to them it doesn't matter what kind of lovey-dovey things they hear, a person that really, really has made up their mind about this decision, they're going to find a way to do it. It doesn't matter if you take away sharp sharp objects from them. or. It... So it's kind of... It, it's. It, I mean, I'm not going to say it's the exact same situation, but it's a very similar situation. Somebody who wants to do something bad and hurt people mm-hmm. is going to figure out a way to fucking do it. Yeah. And do you think they're going to be focused on well i wanted to hurt somebody but i need to have a gun to do it no they're not worried about that they are not worried about that whatsoever i mean think about i mean there's all this talk about banning the ar-15 but the majority of gun crimes crimes specifically not gun violence again we could talk about those statistics <laughs> another day like like literally i i was yeah we'll go into that but yeah it, the majority of crimes are committed with sidearms with pistols yeah so, and to be honest, pistols are probably the most easily and most commonly transferred item illegally. Mm. Like, it's just smaller. You could stick it in a bag. You could stick it in your rain boots, you know? Yeah. It, it's, it's that simple to move that kind of product. And that's how people, I'm not going to say all people, but that's how people who, you know what? If you really want a fucking gun, you're going to find a way to get one. And if you've mm-hmm. got one, you're going to find a way to hurt people if you really want to do it. So, yep. But again, it kind of goes back to the whole, if, but if we had a society that gave a shit and we kind of kept each other in check, we wouldn't have to worry about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Because somebody who goes to rob a bank knows full well they're going to walk into a bank and it's not the security guard standing at the door they have to worry about. It's the security guard they have to get past, and then every single citizen in line trying to get money for rent. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. It's a very, very simple equation, but trying to convey that to people is very, 
it's difficult because we have created a whole new normal for us. And we've just been kind of living with blinders on for the past 70 years. Wait, 1930, so 70, 80, 90 years, almost 100 years. Yeah. So. It's, it's definitely a, a, a complex topic. And oh, it's a, yeah. it's a complex Wait. issue. We could talk sure. about, honestly, not just <laughs> us, but anyone, any group of people can talk about this subject matter for hours, and you would never be able to fully dissect just how yeah. complex either somebody's individual situation is or all these other situations, like just how complex they are. Could this situation be have been handled better? Of course, every hit situation could be handled better. But that's not realistic to assume that it will. Right. So we have to talk about all the gray area. And, yep, concealed carrying is a huge gray area. Oh, yeah. But, so, yeah, that, yeah, is what it is. <laughs> yeah, you know. And I think, I, I think with issues like this, and in yeah. any other, really just any other, I don't want to say taboo, but any other topic that easily gets a rile out of people that that people get Ooh. easily emotional about yeah um i think that it's important to have these conversations but in order to have a conversation you need to have two people that calmly can present their mm -hmm. position and can present and talk with an open mind a lot of people are married to their ideas. They cling so tightly to their ideas mm -hmm. that they will literally fly off the handle if you disagree with them. And and that's not that's not that's not how anything gets resolved. You know, Agreed. I'm I'm pretty sure we've we've disagreed in the past about shit. You know, and I mean I, I mean. Can't... We, think of anything I can't, I can't think of anything right now but like you know <laughs> i'm pretty I, sure I, there was something so there had I, to have I, been maybe not with us but I, I have had conversations with people who you know they feel strongly about something and i feel strongly in the opposite direction and i have been able to have very you know rational conversations with them we yep. have been able to you know converse we might not have agreed and at the end of the day, after the conversation was done, we might not have to convince each other of the other person's side. No. But we had a calm conversation, and we were open to hearing what the other person thought. Yeah. Uh, you I know where I always experienced those kinds of... Uh, now, uh, I'm just going to lay this out here for my listeners. So, just so you all know, there is a difference between arguing and bickering. Bickering is mm -hmm. bickering. But arguing is often portrayed as a negative thing. Arguing is not bad. It is arguing isn't objectively a good thing. You should argue with people. Um, so to tack on to that, where I always noticed that I had the best arguments with people was in the military. And not just the military, yeah. it was also when I was doing contracting. And which was kind of weird because when I did that Kuwait contract, I the majority, I can't even say that because it was so mixed. My coworkers were a mix of former military, former police, or former civilian. Like literally people who, they worked at the TSA or they were a Walmart, a, a Walmart, <laughs> they were all, 
<laughs> Look at all these moles in here. Shit. <laughs> No, they were they were literally Walmart security guards. They worked at the TSA. They worked for a railroad company. Um, I knew one chick who had no prior experience other than she had a kid that she needed to provide for. And because she knew someone on the Kuwait contract, she got that job. Now, so you've got a lot of people in this job who are way more, I would argue, they're way more, it's way more of a diverse situation than being in the military because you're dealing with people in the military or who were in the military as well as the civilians. But the one thing I noticed is, I don't know what it is about that kind of camaraderie, but even then, you had people from very, very different walks of life who were able to argue in a healthy way and yet we just went about our went about our twelve hour shift and just kept doing whatever the fuck we were doing, whether or not we actually agreed with politics, especially politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I know in in jobs like that, a lot of people will be like, "Oh man, we're at work. You know what you're not supposed to talk about at work? You never talk <laughs> about your money. You never talk about your wife. We don't talk about politics. Oh wait, religion too. That was the other. Yeah, thing. man, is another big one." one. Both in the military and during my contracting time, that happened all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I think it's just because you become so comfortable with these people, despite where they come from, that you're able to have these healthy arguments of ideals that you disagree so strongly about. And yet, <laughs> I'm not going to put names out there, but I remember literally working with a guy in one of these jobs, I'm not going to say, no, it was the Kuwait job. I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw the Marine Corps under the bus like that. I knew one, a, a guy in the contracting job that I worked for who v- felt very strongly about how a certain race of people, <laughs> how a certain race of people acts mm. and lives in certain cities in America, and even though it's, there's probably statistics that back up what he's believing. I strongly disagreed with him. I was like, right. "Listen, you can't, you can't take how people are raised, and just assume that everyone of that same race thinks the same." Oh no, but X, Y, and Z. It, it, we had a very healthy argument, but at the end, we we agreed to disagree, and it ended civilly. I right. I never threw him under the bus. I never told anyone, oh, I think this person's a racist because I mean, he really wasn't. He didn't he didn't care, you know, if he was working with certain races of security officers. He didn't care. Mm-hmm. He was just saying like, hey, back in the it back in the states, this is what I've noticed. Like, right. What you're saying is like right there on being like absolutely racist, but <laughs> You know, you gotta respect there. other people. That's that's the beauty of freedom of speech. Is you know what, you're free to think that. But I'm also free to counteract that argument with something else. And right. you know what, if we agree to disagree, that's fine too. That's 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 the beauty of having this kind of human interaction with people. Yeah. So, but yeah, all of that to say, where I've noticed, the only two places in my life so far that I've noticed healthy arguments take place is the military and contracting. Well, I mean, it has nothing to do with military people versus civilians because 
I knew civilians who were way more level-headed than some military people. Yeah. So. And I think that's, I mean, I, I was never a contractor, but I think that's the beauty of the military is that you, you can interact with people that have wildly different backgrounds than you do. And mm -hmm. I mean, shit, I've, I mean, you met some of them. I, I, I knew a kid that literally grew up in the swamps of Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. like, and I'm talking about kids took an airboat to school, like took an airboat to a dock yep. to go on a school bus to go to school. Creole <laughs> was his first language or whatever the hell they speak down there in, yeah. in, in the swamp. It, it's like the Southern French or whatever. Isn't that what yeah, it is? Yeah, I think it's, I think yeah. it's Creole. But I'm not 100% positive. Don't hold me to that. But I, I met I met a kid like that. And then I met a kid from Texas. I had a kid who was like rich as fuck from Michigan. You yep. know, I I had a kid. Uh, I I knew a, I, I served with a Ukrainian dude, a dude from Ukraine. You, 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 you. <laughs> Which is funny these... because one of the guys that was in my school, again, can't say names, but I think you would even remember him. One of the guys in the schoolhouse with us that I ended up going to Twin Ann Palms with, he was mm -hmm. Russian. Yeah. Oh, dude, I had a Russian dude in my class. <laughs> yeah. Super cool. Super yeah. cool guy, honestly. And oh, I, yeah. I remember 100%. just being like, so why did you leave Russia to come here? And he's like, well, the reason why is because <laughs> I wanted to join Marines. Why did you want to join the Marines? And he's like, because uh, uh, how you say... Uh, Marines, they are, uh, uh, they are badass. And I'm like, all right, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, well, hey, cool. <laughs> and you, you, I mean, as, as shitty of a time as it can be, 90% mm -hmm. of the time, like, there's really no, maybe contracting, maybe, I mean, I, I've met some interesting people in the trade mm -hmm. that I'm in now, but I, I don't think I've, I'll, I don't think that you'll ever really get that vast of a of an exposure of an exposure, you know. And yeah. and it's cool that you know one of our friends from upstate New York like never saw mm -hmm. anybody yep. but white people growing I up. I was literally going to bring that up. Yeah, never went his whole life without ever having seen black people until he went to boot camp, and he was like, "Oh, yeah." They that's what they look like. like <laughs> yeah. Like, of course, he's he's messing around and being fun about it. But he was like, yeah, I, when I tell people that I grew up like that, it's hard for some people to believe. But that's just that's just where I, I grew it, up. Upstate it New really York, is. There's no one up and, there like that. And one of the things that having these experiences, meeting all these people <laughs> and hearing their stories as, as wild as some of them are, I, I couldn't make it up if I wanted to. Yeah. It makes you realize how like if you just stop and think about it it makes you realize really how big this country is and how different and how many yeah. subcultures there are and i'm not talking about like you know choro culture or Ch chicano culture or, or whatever mm -hmm. i'm talking about like like legit just like cultural differences norms societal yeah. norms and how vastly different they are throughout the nation. Yeah. Facts. I I I, I got nothing to add to that. Like <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> add to it, but you're absolutely right. You're it it I don't want to call it a melting pot. I never really liked call, calling it that. 
Right. That implies that everyone just like, like you have to come in here, like you have to come here and you have to melt down who you were to become an American. I don't like putting it that way. I like thinking of America as a nice tossed salad. <laughs> like the salad is the salad of America. But yeah. what makes the salad good is the uniqueness of everyone. Not telling people to like like oh you're from like Japan for instance. Let's just throw that out there. So like hey you're from Japan, cool. You're in America now. So you need to only speak English. You need to adopt uh um, this ideology and this religion and this uh, we eat this kind of food like no 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 you know what obviously it helps to learn english because 90 percent of americans know english and <clears throat> it's a um uh a language of trade both uh internationally and nationally mm -hmm. um so yes it helps to know english but does that mean completely abandon you knowing japanese no i think you adding to the pool with what you know makes people interested in at least me i I, yeah. I love meeting new people number one and number two i love meeting new people from around the world mm -hmm. i've literally got we both have been around the world twice yeah maybe maybe two and a half times for me like and i love meeting new people and every time even in other countries i loved meeting people from like when we went to australia i met people from ireland i met oh, people yeah. from saudi arabia uh um the Pacific Islands, like everywhere, course, right literally there, everywhere, you know? and they're all over the place. And then, of mm -hmm. course, you go to Japan and you realize that, oh yeah, I'm in Okinawa, so everyone's Japanese here, right? No, no, they're Okinawan. The, the, yeah, they're <laughs> Okinawan. They are a territory, kind of like Puerto Rico. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like they Rico. don't like being called Japanese. They will, they will literally tell you, "Get out, get out, Gaiji." Uh, fucking asshole <laughs> you know what was it but i was... i personally love i lo i just love i love the uniqueness of people and I, I i like learning about it i like hearing about it so yeah it was a trip being in oki and um while we were out there i i met oops i met a couple brazilians uh i think i met a russian and it was just like interesting of like all places okinawa that they would go um nothing wrong with okinawa why, it's a beautiful island no, of course <laughs> and like yeah it's a beautiful island in fact i would i think it'd be great to go back as a visitor I agree. to see the island and really like appreciate it I to see it from the definitely perspective didn't do of being that. a tourist and not stationed there working there and only being able to go out for two days until midnight yeah. yeah until midnight before you yeah that was that always sucked and i would love to be on the other side of the fence kind of you know go yeah. back to kintown just hit up american village again with no <laughs> time restrict like how fun would that be man like i always i always be? regretted the fact that i was so embittered not about the fact that i was there but the fact that i wasn't doing what i thought i should be i wasn't where i thought i should have been oh, and just course. kind of yeah. like I feel like I squandered the time that I had there. And there was always a small part of me that wanted to go back one last time before I got out. Just to like, <laughs> as, as, as shitty of a place as it is to be in the military. Yeah. And, and, and let me emphasize, it's a shitty place to be in the military. Mm -hmm. I did want to go back just to, partly just to kind of like see 
the if, from if a you different will, perspective. the stomping grounds where I grew up in the yeah. Marines, and just to kind of like you know what, maybe have a second chance to appreciate <laughs> the culture and appreciate the island that, that in in a way that I didn't when I was first there. Yeah, agree. I I've literally <laughs> I've literally fantasized about well, not really. I don't want to say fantasize, but yeah, like going back to places that I've been to in the past and being like, you know, it'd be nice to be on the other side of the fence and actually mm. determine for myself whether or not I actually like these places. Yeah, exactly. And not, and not have a, other people's opinion poisoning my opinion. I mean, it's kind of the same way about the military. Like, I'm not going to say that other people in the military influenced my quote-unquote hatred for it. Mm. Uh, because when I got out, I realized that, and I think a lot of people who are in the military kind of they'll relate to this where while you're in the longer you're in there certain people around you will will express certain um issues with the institution mm. but when you're listening to them say this stuff you're not thinking about them only talking about the institution especially as a young military member you're thinking you're you're taking what the institution is doing and you're blowing it up in your mind and you're thinking wow, all of this sucks. Yeah. When the reality is that only the institution is what is flawed. It's not, like, for instance, I always tell people, like, hey, Josh, yeah, did you like being in the Marines? Uh, that's a tough question, man. I hated the Marines. Or no, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. I loved Marines, but I hated the Marine Corps. Yeah. And obviously that's something that we can talk about maybe another time, but that well, if, they're two if, completely different things. Like if I could touch on that just for a second, because yeah. I think what you said is very true. You know, the longer that you stay in the institution, the more you start seeing the flaws and the more you start seeing the bullshit. And I think the unfortunate thing is that as a young service member that freshly hit the fleet, you yeah. really are very impressionable. And on a side note, I was thinking about this the other day, and I don't even know why, but I was thinking that I remember being a private in MCT, and <laughs> my combat instructors were all, were all corporals. And looking back at my mentality then of like, oh my God, that's a corporal, or um, yeah. my dad picking me up from, from graduation, and they were like, no, you gotta stay in this area, you can't go anywhere. And I told my dad that, and my dad's like, oh, let me just go talk to the captain real quick. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. That's a captain, you know, like, as a <laughs> brand new private, right? Like, as a, as, as a private and be like, oh, my God. And my dad went and, got, went and talked to the captain. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then, and then looking at it now where it's like, oh, it's just a fucking captain. They're just fucking corporals. Like, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's really not that big right, of a so deal. Like, you know, it's, it's not a big yeah. deal. But, you know, being fresh to the fleet and having those individuals express those disgruntled views which i'm i'm guilty very guilty of doing that very same and i i think that that jades a lot of people's opinions and mm -hmm. luckily um because i had i had my issues with the institution yep. and with how it was Everything from how it was ran to the, the way it changed right before the way we got it, out. 
the way it changed and and the people who were in leadership positions and i'm talking about like positions in washington and where they were trying to drive the institution none of it lined up with what i believed the institution was supposed to be and i'm not saying that my view of what the institution is supposed to be is the end all be all and i have the perfect like idea of what the marine corps is but i do know the ultimate goal of the institution the 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 very foundational reason for the institution and and it was just moving away from that and Mm -hmm. i had my my issues with it but i think you know people who have been in for a while when when they meet new guys they definitely do they don't hesitate to express their views and opinions and I, I i do think that it does jade jade you guys and i think that a part of the reason why i think i would have gotten to the point that i was either way but i think i got there mm-hmm. a little bit quicker yeah because of those senior lance corporals that i met my first weekend in the fleet my yeah. corporals that i had and you know a lot of the frustrations that they had and and a lot of the interactions that were had um i think that 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 helped me get there a lot quicker than yeah probably i should have yeah i mean yeah i mean no matter no matter what happens you're always going to have moments in your life where you think back on how you reacted to certain things and Hmm. Of course, we're all going to be like, oh, man, maybe I shouldn't have acted different or or I'm sorry, maybe I should have acted different. Maybe I should have said this or done this or that's always going to happen. But I think it happens mostly with military members. And I think that's kind of why is just because. Again, it's an, it's just another complicated situation that there's a lot of gray area. There's a lot of room for. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just think- I'm just thinking. Yeah. <laughs> it it and and that's definitely like for as bitter as I was about a lot of things mm-hmm. that did not happen that I wanted yeah. to happen. A lot of people are bitter towards the institution because of things that happened to them or things that occurred. Mm-hmm. I was never bitter about anything that really happened to me. There were a lot of things that happened to me that I was like, you know what? That's pretty fucked up. I'm never going to do that again to somebody. Or there were situations where I was like, oh yeah, fuck that shit. Like, no, but I was never bitter about anything that happened to me. A lot of my bitterness and a lot of the disgruntled nature came from things that didn't occur. Deployments that I didn't go on that I, I one in particular that, I was I should have been slated for and got taken from me because I didn't want to do corporal tours. I remember, yep. Mm-hmm. As as a, a stupid <laughs> like a a course that does nothing but look good on paper. Of course. You know, I, a, I get that's a whole that's a whole nother Oh, I mean, dude, words, at this point, like words, we can just like turn it? the whole podcast into that. I mean, I don't I don't yeah, care about I, talking about like whatever we're gonna get into leadership it's gonna come up but like let's let's be honest like i had you know what pause for like 
10 seconds. Give me one second. <laughs> okay. Uh, sure, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just real quick, hang on. All right, I'm back. Okay, so real quick cover. Corporal's course. 2014, General Amos came into uh, the position of Commandant of the Marine Corps. Whether Corpus Course was a thing before 2014 or not, I'm pretty sure it was, but he, I remember he revamped Corpus Course and had this view. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was the, um, the reawakening of the end, not reawakening. It was, uh, shit, what was it? Whatever his little promo was, right? Yeah. It, it was supposed to be geared towards NCOs, and, and, and Corpus Course completely got redone. They implemented Lance Corporal Seminar, which I was actually a part of one of the first one, the first in-person Lance Corporal Seminars. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. And I forgot about that. <laughs> and, and, and really, that was the catalyst of the institution becoming more focused on drill, and how good you march, and can you wave a sword around? Yeah, it, it became was, it more was focused the... on uniforms, mm-hmm. and it started straying further and further away from having that combat mindset that mm-hmm. is supposed to be had in an institution whose whole entire purpose is combat. Yep, facts. And and I remember very clearly that. My NCOs, growing up, they raised me to be very proud of the fact that I was a field Marine. I didn't work in a warehouse. I didn't work in an office. Yep. So I wasn't going to have nice boots. There are no such thing as garrison camis and field camis. You have one set of camis, and you go to the field. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can't have massive holes in them. But yes, they are going to be faded. You are going to look a little rough around the edges because you're a field Marine. They... They instituted and implemented and and really focused on having a combat mindset. And mm-hmm. when this whole reawakening of the NCO Corps, that's what it was. Yep. When this whole reawakening took place, I heard a lot of bitches, moans, and complaints from corporals, sergeants, staff sergeants. And I started really looking at it. And so... Corporal's course, when I was a corporal, I did um, the corporal's course online yep. on Marine. And I, I had initially, as a motivated PSC, I had done Lance Corporal seminar on Marine Net. And then I started corporal's course, but I couldn't get through it because I just, I couldn't get down the whole sword manual thing online. Uh. So I failed it as like a PFC, right? So fast forward a few years, I'm a corporal. I do the online portion, but the whole online portion is focused on sword manual, history and traditions, orders. Um, There was a small, small portion that was on land nav. And I was like, you know what, fuck this shit. I'm I'm getting out. I don't want to get promoted as a sergeant. I'm not doing the in-person corporal's course. So when the time came up for the deployment, me as a corporal, uh, they saw that you were not PME complete. They saw that I wasn't PME complete, and yep. my master sergeant at the time, 
uh, he was like, yeah, you can go on the deployment, you know. And when it came around, I was like, Master, why am I not going on the deployment? He's like, because you're not paying me complete. Or, you know, at first he said, um, you need to have a top secret clearance. Uh, and you're not going to be able to pass that. And I was like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? You're like, yes, I can. I have my secret clearance. Like, there's literally no reason for me not to get a top secret clearance. Mm-hmm. Well, this and that. I was like, and, and like, he, whatever excuse that he was throwing out there, like, I was refuting it and, like, giving solutions. He's like, well, you're not PME complete. And you already said you're not going to Corpus course. And I'm like, you're right. I'm not going to Corpus course. He's like, then you're not going on deployment. Fucking and my, that deployment actually got given to my junior Marine or to what? my Marine who used to be my junior Marine, who is now a corporal as well. What the fuck? And he went on the deployment. Wow. And you, you know, know what? Good you for know him. They did that on purpose. Oh, 100%. And you know what? Yeah. Good on him. You know what? He was PME complete. He. Wait a be. He took the way that I raised him and ran with it, but he also didn't become a shitbag the way I did and learned how to play the game. Which, okay, cool. Good on you, dude. You played the game. You got the deployment. I'm proud of you. Good on you. I'm not I'm not hating on him. But I'm hating on the fact that you have a Marine that wants to go on deployment, that wants to do these things, and like you're 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 gonna shit on him because he doesn't wanna fall in line with a bullshit course that teaches you about uniforms and your boot blessings being above your boot to your shin. Yeah, it like, is no, fuck you. I understand why they why they what they were going for, but in the grand scheme of things, it was completely irrelevant and unnecessary yeah. to be taking a corporal's course as a prerequisite for beca- uh, being promoted to corporal. And right. thank God I'm still not even entirely sure how I got around it, but then again, I didn't get promoted to corporal till probably my last year in. By the time I left, I hadn't been a corporal for a year, so I think I got it. In- it was corporal's course was a prerequisite to get promoted to sergeant. To sergeant. Oh, is that what it was? That's yeah. why I didn't take it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. See, I, so, I mean, shows I mean, how much I remember. <laughs> and that's just one small aspect of it. And it, like, like I said, it is what it is. I, I got over a lot of that shit, you know. I got kicked off a of deployment. We were starting workups, and I got kicked out of the battery over a bullshit is. investigation. And it's like it just it yeah. is what it is. And I finally came to peace with it. But I think what really I was bitter about deployments that I didn't get the opportunity to go on. But I think what really, at the end of the day, when I took a step back and I really looked at like why am I so angry, and I was angry. I think it was misdirected sadness towards the fact that I joined an institution that I had wanted to join since I was six. Oh yeah. As a mm-hmm. as a little kid, I already knew I wanted to be a Marine. I didn't want to go into the military. I wanted to be a Marine. My uncle was a Marine. My dad was a Marine. I had I had heard stories about my dad's deployment. Um, I watched. Uh, I, I would watch boot camp videos of kids getting screamed at. I would watch. <laughs> I would watch, dude. I would watch videos. Same. I'd i watch videos on YouTube of all these gunfights that these Marines were getting into in in Fallujah. I would watch them on repeat, bro. Yep. That's what I wanted to do, and I think that I was just really sad about the fact that the institution was not what it was at one point in time. Mm-hmm. And I think every generation had that. Oh, of course. Well, it wasn't the way it was back in my day. And, okay, cool, whatever. But I just, seeing the way it's 
it was going and and to a degree currently is going i think that's Mm -hmm. what i was really angry about that it wasn't what i had thought it was in that yeah and that was a really hard thing for me to accept and i know i know that we can't because i I remember how it was it's like well if you don't like it get promoted and change it like yeah that's a great thing to tell somebody who just hits a fleet because they're gonna fucking believe it but the reality is that there's no changing it there is no changing it if you are um an enlisted personnel i mean maybe if you're senior enlisted but a lot of the senior enlisted honestly they're they're out of touch they're out of touch number one yeah because they've just like the institution they've completely forgotten what it was that they joined for and by the time they start getting up and again this isn't for everyone i'm not i'm not saying this as an end-all be-all absolute for senior enlisted personnel majority it's a it yeah and unfortunately it's because the institution encourages that behavior it encourages the behavior of these people starting to pick up rank and starting to pick up recognition and notoriety and then the only thing that they become focused on especially during peacetime specific this is specific to the marines by the way Mm. the thing that they become focused on is well if the institution isn't worried about war fighting then i don't need to be worried about it either now i need to be worried about my career and leaving here with a pension that's all what what can i do to put on my fit rep to get promoted exactly what can i do and i remember I can't even remember who the officers were because I remember there would be, uh, hey, look, we have a new captain for our battery, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. And then he would be there for like two months. And then, mm-hmm. you know what? As soon as he was given something better, he'd dip out. He didn't give a shit. He was too busy. Dude, even, this place. Even in the like, FTCs, dude. Mm-hmm. Even in the FTCs, as, as junior officers, as a second lieutenant, you hit the fleet, you go to the FTC. Yeah. And then you do maybe six months there. And then you go be a guns platoon commander. And then you do some time there. And then you get promoted to whatever. You get promoted to first lieutenant. And then you go to battalion. And then you do your time there. And you bump elbows with all the all the staff and the higher ranking officers in battalion. And then you get promoted to captain. And then you go to a battery. Yeah. You have a battery command. And you, can, you, you literally see... At least I, being in the FDC and having spent a lot of time in battalion, but also in the battery, I was able to see officers, lieutenants that hit the fleet and literally lose touch with who they are. And I, 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 I can think of two officers specifically who were polar opposites and this, so the first officer, um, I remember I remember to this day when he hit the fleet and he was taking his safety test. And for whoever doesn't know what a safety test is, basically it's it's a written test. There's there's rules that govern how to safely shoot artillery in a training environment. Mm-hmm. And um Everything comes from what's called the Joint Reg, which all the regiments, all the regimental commanders come together. They have a little conference. They write down the rules. They all agree on it. Ominous, dominus. Okay, cool. This is what all the regiments are going to abide by, right? There's a Joint Reg and a couple others. I literally helped this dude pass his safety test, sat in the room with him, helped him through it. And I saw him go from 
second lieutenant who just hit the fleet, got his pass the safety test, gets shot off to a battery, and he's a little baby FDO. Mm-hmm. Then I saw him move up, get promoted to first lieutenant, and then go to a different battery, and now he's the battery XO. Mm-hmm. And he spends time as a battery XO, and then he goes to battalion, and, and, and I'm with him in battalion. Cool dude, shooting the shit. He's a homie, like, he's down with it. And then he goes back to the battery and becomes the XO again. And then the CO leaves, and he becomes acting CO. And I saw the shift oh. go from he's the homie as a freshly promoted first lieutenant. He's all about being there with the junior Marines and learning and doing his job and, and being a good leader to I have a little bit of temporary power. Yeah. I am the acting CEO and that shift. And you can see the mental shift when it mm-hmm. goes from oh shit, I might get career designated. I might I might be selected to progress my career in this institution. Yeah. And then everything changes. And I it, it made me sad because he was a great guy. He really was. And and outside of the military and outside of, you know, being in a command position, I I'd get a beer with the guy. Like Total frat boy, but like I'd I'd hang out with him after work. <laughs> yeah. But seeing that shift to then, you know, pulling me to the side and telling me that, you know, this good thing that I'm doing for this gun crew who got all their Gatorade stolen in the middle of summer at twenty nine palms and I happened to I had to go to Mainside and I stopped by the PX to go get them all Gatorade. And offered him one and him pulling me aside and saying you can't be doing that you know the seeing that shift of hey you know what yeah i'm taking care of marines to no fuck you why are you doing that mm-hmm. it, it it's it's saddening but the polar opposite of him is i had this lieutenant hit the fleet pass the safety test and he ended up spending the whole itx Riding in the middle of my summit time. I was the A driver and he sat in the middle and he hmm. would ask me questions and this guy he was like Rain Man. He would he he would remember <laughs> I I'm, okay, I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. Yeah. You could ask him who won the World Series in nineteen twenty three. He could tell you. Oh my god. Any year, and I, if I remember correctly, it wasn't just baseball. so. He's like a he's a savant, basically. Like <laughs> yeah, like this dude had no business being in the military. Like <laughs> he should have ran his own game show. <laughs> he really should have. So, so you have that first officer number one, right? That yeah, that gets a little taste of of power and runs with it, gets career designated, and all he's mm-hmm. focused on is advancing his career. And and he would do stupid shit and make the battery do stupid shit because it would look good on a fit wrap. Naturally. Mm-hmm. So then you have officer number two, right? Guy hits the fleet, literally spends 30 days riding in the middle of my truck. And he, this guy would ask me questions. Hey, what makes a good lieutenant? What do you think I, I should do? How can I help my guys? Blah, 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 blah. Like asking questions, right? And he would hear me again, like we talked about earlier, you have people who've been in the institution for a certain amount of time who are disgruntled, bitch and moan. And I did that to him. Yep. 
I would I was very blunt about my misgivings and apprehensions about the institution, what my opinions were on the institution as a whole and where it was at. I was very blunt. Yep. And seeing him turn around and, and, and we became good friends in, in, in the Marine Corps and hearing him just be like, this is fucking stupid. I don't know. And he's out now, so it doesn't matter. But he'd be like, I don't know why the battalion commander is making us do this. This is fucking stupid. It doesn't help the Marines at all. And like literally, like I feel bad because I feel like he could have gone far. But <laughs> literally seeing him look out for his Marines and yeah. speak up against the bullshit, not caring about promotion and literally looking out for his Marines, yeah. looking out for the guys that were with him. And, and just the polar opposites between these two officers, one who, you know, starts out cool, but then gets some power. This other one who, you know, is getting promoted and going through the system, but realizes, hey, you know what? These lower level guys that literally are disposable, because let's be honest. Junior Marines, sergeants and below, they're disposable. Yep. But these guys matter. These guys are what's important. These guys are going to be the ones that if and, – and this was my mentality that I impressed upon him, and, and it made me happy that it stuck. But these, these lower enlisted, if we go to war and we have to act as provisional infantry, these are the guys that I'm going on patrol. Yep. These are the guys that matter. That right there made me happy, and that that mentality uh, is is definitely a mentality that I had for my entire career. Because yes, getting promoted and going through the ranks, and you know, having more. Res- I mean, I'm not even gonna say having more responsibility, but getting promoted and going through the ranks and getting more money—that's great. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, as a leader, that's not what's important. What's important are those junior Marines. And especially, especially if you're in a combat MOS, because those junior Marines, as an as a sergeant or a corporal, those junior Marines that are under your charge. If you have to go on patrol, guess what? They're the ones yep. that are going with you. Exactly. That staff sergeant or that gunnery sergeant, that first sergeant, that captain, all those people who Yes, they can control whether or not you get promoted. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, sucking their dick isn't going to make you a better Marine. It might get you promoted, but mm-hmm. brown nosing to senior enlisted or officers, that's not what matters at the end of the day. Because guess what? If you go out on patrol, first sergeant ain't going with you. Nope. That captain isn't going with you. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. Sometimes. But if you get shot, guess who's gonna, who are gonna be the ones that come and fucking save your life? Who are mm-hmm. gonna come and help you? It's gonna be that Lance Corporal. It's gonna be that PFC. Guess who's gonna call in the nine line? It's probably gonna be a comrade. Like, mm-hmm. and 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 it doesn't. And 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 saying that, you know, you. As a leader, I think it's really important that you have a love for your Marines. And it doesn't mean coddling and being buddy-buddy and best friends with your guys. Yep. It means being reliable. taking a vested interest and in being reliable. Mm-hmm. Taking an interest in 
you know, what you're, so a friend of ours, we, we were talking on Snapchat the other day and Mm -hmm. he was telling us, uh, that he had a staff sergeant tell him when he was a young corporal that, you know, a good leader can tell you, essentially a good leader can tell you what PFC fuckface's wife's name is, whether PFC mm-hmm. fuckface has has kids, where he's from, shit that you can't find in his service record book. That's what a good leader does. Mm. And you know it it stuck with me because it's true. A leader, a good leader, has the ability, and especially in the military. And especially at the small unit level, a good leader has the ability to say, hey, you know what? That kid right there, he's going through something right now. Oh, yeah. And be able to key in just by it. Just by showing up to morning formation and mm-hmm. looking at him in formation and going, okay, clearly something is something's going on. I'm not going to make it public right now while right. we're in formation, but I need to address this at some point. Yeah. But it can't just be lip service. It has mm-hmm. to be genuine. And, you know, what I mean by that is during the holidays, you'll have the battalion commander say, if any Marine, let's say, say things, let's say Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Or Thanksgiving. <laughs> if any Marine here doesn't have a place to go for Christmas or it doesn't have a place to go for Thanksgiving, my door is open. No, it's not. No, it yeah. fucking isn't. That Most PFC that you have not, never met, <laughs> that PFC that you have never met, except for maybe when he checked in, if he shows up on your doorstep, guess who's getting a call once block leave ends? His staff NCO, and guess what's going to happen to that yep. kid? Why the fuck did you go to the battalion commander's house? Who the fuck do you think you are? Why didn't you call one of your fucking sergeants? <laughs> yep. Like, it's, 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 it's bullshit. Yeah. But, you know, if, if the mentality of loving your Marines and, and, and literally having an open door policy and actually meaning it. And everybody was on board with, Hey, we need to take care of each other. Mm-hmm. If, if that was more prevalent, I think that retention would go up. Oh, absolutely. You know, retention, 100%. It, because at that point, people are actually being taken care of. People actually feel important they feel like they matter and i think that that's what's missing you know a lot of people talk about well we need to give more incentives we need to um marines who are going above and beyond we need to congratulate them and and reward them more no no that's not how that works because guess Mm -hmm. what the marine that goes above and beyond goes above and beyond on paper Yep. And that's the one. And and nine times out of ten, that's the shittiest Marine in the field. That's the one that doesn't really know their job. They can just run. They know how to run. They're physically fit. And they look good on paper. That's it. Yeah. You know, so that's in, incentivizing Marines that go above and beyond. That's that's impractical. But actually loving your Marines and, and caring about them, that is what really makes a difference in people's lives that's what really makes people feel good about themselves i right now i have a guy that i used to be in charge of who's letting me stay with him right wicked while i'm working yep you know because i actually took the time to invest in him 
you know, and I wasn't always, you know, I don't think I, I was really that good of a leader. I obviously made a lot of mistakes, but I think that I learned from them. And, you know, I talked to a lot of guys that I used to be in charge of, you know, they still talk to me. We share stupid shit on Instagram. We talk on the phone. We we're, we communicate mm-hmm. because I had a genuine, I would, I would have them over at my house for dinner. Like, that genuinely is is and not, not just saying that yeah 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 i don't I like giving out my point. address to people but i've literally dropped my address to certain people and been like if you're ever i know you're not anywhere near me but if you're ever in the area here's my address mm-hmm. let me know you're here i'll open up the gate for you like <laughs> exactly that simple i i yeah, yeah i think a, i think a lot you. of that you know good leadership isn't isn't just done in the military i think in the real world Absolutely. you know it's possible mm-hmm. to be a good leader to to take interest obviously you're not living with your coworkers 24 7 and you're not spending days on end but you're usually not partying with them either i know yeah. a lot of people who think that the idea of going out and well maybe not a lot of people i think it would i think it's about a 50 50 split you've got a good hefty amount of people who are like yeah i would party with my coworkers. like mm-hmm. we're all buddy buddy and then you'd find that probably the other half of people are like, nah, nah, my coworkers are my coworkers, and I leave my private life and my working life separated. So yeah. I would never do that. Like, so I don't know, but th- those are definitely, definitely great points, and they can definitely be applied to um, the real world, um, mm-hmm. civilian life, your civilian job or your career. Um, and not just not just a career in like public service, so like being a cop or being a firefighter. Or, though, obviously, there's a draw there for military members because the wiring, like the mental wiring, mm. that's required to do those jobs, it's already done. When, yeah. Once you complete boot camp, it's done. Like you're you're hardwired differently now, and you will never think, or feel, or really visualize your life in the same way so obviously there's that draw there for well i'm out of the military so i might as well do some paramilitary organization you know (laughs) but even even if you're somebody working at fucking walmart wake up put your pants on the same way everyone else does i know a lot of fucking officers they say that and i know a lot of them they they quickly forget that they said that at formation so (laughs) (laughs) but be one of those people's who wakes up in the morning, genuinely puts their fucking pants on the same way everyone else does, keeps that in mind, and gives a shit for the rest of the day. Exactly. That's all. That that's all it really takes. Well, I'm not gonna say it. That's all it takes for when for when it comes to being a, a leader. I think Obviously, all it, you know, I, I, I think. Oh, go ahead. I think in the real world, in the civilian world, it, th- that that intimacy of leadership and that 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 relationship isn't going to be as intimate as it is in the military. But I think the giving a shit portion of it Mm -hmm. is, is pretty universal. If you go to work and you actually care about your employees or your coworkers and you act, Hey, how's it going? You know, what are you up to? Yeah. And it speaks volumes. it, it, It really does. I had a, I had a foreman one time I had to leave work early uh, literally, like probably only two hours into being at work, I, I went back to the yard and was like, "Hey, I gotta go. I got a family emergency," yeah. and I left. And that foreman, I was, I was ready for him to be like, "The fuck are you doing? 
you can't just leave. I was ready to quit right then and there to leave. He said, go take care of your family. Go do what you need to do. I'll pay you for the day. And then later on that night, about 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, he called me. Yeah. Hey, man, just wanted to check in. How you doing? Is everything okay? Hey, if you give me like 10 minutes, I can explain. No, you don't need to explain nothing, man. Is your family good? Yeah, we're making it through it. Okay, hey, take however many days you need. You want tomorrow off? It'd be helpful. Okay, you got it. Let me know when you want to come back to work, when you're ready. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's leadership in the real yep. world. That's giving a shit about your employees. It's not mm-hmm. saying that you got to have your employees over for dinner because I've known some shady motherfuckers that I've worked with that I wouldn't hang out with them after work. But guess mm-hmm. what? If something goes down, I'm going to call and say, hey, you good? What's going on? You need anything? Yeah. That's that's what – it's just being a good human being, being a good it, person. Be a, you know, there's a time and a place to be a homie. Like, yeah. How hard is that? <laughs> exactly. Be decent. Be a homie. Don't snitch on don't snitch on your coworkers. Don't snitch on the homies and give a shit. Yeah. No one like the rat. Yeah, especially if you're all working on like kind of the same level. Mm-hmm. Like if if the the higher up people again, this is for military. This is for any job, honestly. You could work at fucking Walmart. This is probably true. If the higher up doesn't need to know, then they don't need to know. So you keep your keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yup. I remember I used to tell people that in in Kuwait, like we're doing something a little slanted you know compared to what we normally do or what uh the 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 doctrine is for whatever post we're at or whatever we happen to be doing and there are times where i'd be like honestly don't don't fucking say anything well (laughs) well what if what if so and so so and so is not gonna find out unless you say something so don't Mm -hmm. say anything (laughs) like like i can think of uh, quite a few because obviously like for instance if you're on a perimeter post Obviously, you need to be, like, kind of paying attention because it's a perimeter post. But there's a couple posts that are within the wire, if we want to put it that way, that are Mm. in the base that are a little more lax. Now, they're lax, but obviously, like, the the operational aspect of it, you're not supposed to be like, hey, you should be standing all the time. You should never sit down. Like, there are literally, there right. are literally posts I can think of where they're like, you're not allowed to sit down for 12 hours. That's not right. realistic. So some some shit that's kind of like, whatever. Yeah, so there were posts where we would sit, and it, you know, we're, we're still got our head on a swivel. We're looking out the windows. We're making sure, oh, there's a vehicle coming. I need to let them in the gate, you know, blah, blah, blah. But when you had a higher up, we could see the higher ups weren't walking like you, they couldn't sneak up on us. Mm. So we could see them walking up like, oh, that's so and so we need to. So we'd get up, grab the book, you open the book. And then when they come in, you do the you know, you do your report and whatnot. And, right. You play you know the what? part. Guess what? If he walks in and he goes, were you guys sitting down? No, that's the answer. Yeah. I don't care if he fucking saw us through the window. Don't just no. And there were there were quite a few times where. I get this specific post that I can think of, and I'm sure one of my buddies will listen to this, and he'll he'll be like, <laughs> "Ah, I remember that." Like, <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a time where we were sitting, and he was describing something to me, like a show, like, "Oh man, this show, so and so goes fucking hard, like ham," and "Oh damn, you gotta you gotta watch this," blah blah. And I'm like, "Oh yeah yeah," and I looked over his shoulder, and I can see out the window. I'm like. 
I think that's one of the uh, the supervisors coming up. And he turns around, he goes, oh shit, it is. And dude, within about three seconds, we were standing up, the book was open to today's page. Mm. You know, we unlocked the door, blah, blah, blah. And he comes in and this uh, officer, he starts reporting the post, you know, good evening, so-and-so. And, so. and wh- uh, he reports the post. The supervisor's writing, you know, like, hey, I was here, blah, blah, blah. And then he's done writing, and he looks at him, and he goes, were you guys sitting down? Or something to that effect. And at the same time, him and I both go, no, sir. And he goes, (laughs) he just kind of, like, shifts his eyes between us, like, okay. Well, all right, then. And he just left. Yeah. Simple as that. Don't... Don't, like, I get, be honest, don't be a fucking liar, but you know what? It's a job, and if he doesn't need to know, he doesn't need to know. Yeah. Did it hurt anything? No. Nope. Did the base blow up because we were sitting down? No. Would it have? No. <laughs> so don't say anything, like. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that well, could be applied to any job, so. Yeah. Fucking Walmart. <laughs> right. Fucking Walmart. Were you greeting well, people at the front door? <laughs> and in your mind, you're going... Dude, I only say hi to, like, maybe two out of, like, 30 people. But you say yes. You go, yeah, every single person that walks in here, I say hello. Welcome to Walmart. <laughs> All right, then. Well, well, hey, man, my um, my phone's about to die. I'm literally on 1% right now. Shit. But All we right, definitely, uh, let's definitely do this again. This was this yeah. was really fun. We covered a lot of ground, and we didn't even get around to talking to what we wanted to talk about. So No, but you know what? That's... Not everything. That's that's what future episodes are for, and honestly, yeah. this is fun, man. This is what we do. Do I see an episode in the future with you in it again? Absolutely. I'm down. Ah, uh, you know I'm always down, brother. All right, man. All right. I appreciate you coming on, man. It's uh, it's been a pleasure as always. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. You take it easy. All right, you too.